Hey, do you feel like you're getting thrown around the healthcare system and are frustrated with the lack of clarity that you're getting from your providers? Do you feel like you're getting suboptimal care and that you deserve better? Do you want help busting some myths and deciphering what's good and bad information out there? If you'd like to be a part of a community that's connected with the best resources in the area and is taking small steps toward their health and fitness goals, then this podcast is for you. My name is Jeff Danning, and welcome to the Seeking Wellness Podcast. What's going on guys? Dr. Jeff Denning here, physical therapist and golf fitness professional. Today I am back on the Seeking Wellness Podcast talking about manual therapy. So for those of you that don't know what manual therapy is or haven't heard that terminology before at least, manual therapy is kind of an umbrella term that we use in the rehab and the therapy wellness world to describe anything that we do with our hands. So An example would be like massage or think spinal manipulation, right? Cracking necks, cracking back, cracking cracking joints. Um, Think like dry needling or acupuncture, cupping, scraping with uh, those metal tools, right? All those different things that we use in conjunction, hopefully, with exercise to kind of incorporate... uh, a rehab plan is considered manual therapy okay so there are a lot of misconceptions and bad information or at least outdated information from what I've seen um, a lot of people are still saying that manual therapy does things that it doesn't so I just wanted to come on here and clarify some of those things I'll probably get some flack for some of this but I don't really care because it uh, it is what it is, and this is <laughs> this is what our, our research and our best information is showing us now. And I don't want people to be susceptible to uh, greedy or deceitful practitioners that use this as a leverage or cornerstone of your business. So sorry if that's you. We probably don't see eye to eye on the therapy and recovery level. So. Um, I got a list of three today for you that I'll just briefly mention. Number one, manual therapy isn't breaking up scar tissues. It's not breaking up adhesions. We're not putting things back into place, things like that. Number two, effects of manual therapy are temporary and short-lived. And number three, your expectations about manual therapy and kind of your belief system plays a big part in how effective all of it is going to be. So circling back around to the first point, manual therapy is not breaking up scar tissue. We're not really lengthening things. We're not taking out adhesions. We're not putting joints back into place. Um, We're not doing anything. It doesn't change your blood pressure. It can't cure your, um, your migraines necessarily. It won't do anything to relieve your asthma, things like that, like more medical-related problems, right? So if it's not doing any of those things, what is it actually doing, and does it actually help? Well, yes, it does actually help, in my opinion. Um, At the very least, I believe that there's something powerful, there's something... um, 
noteworthy about human touch that people naturally respond to, right? We all love just getting our neck rubbed a little bit, our, our back rubbed. We all like getting a massage for the most part. And so at the very least, it can kind of get some buy-in from your patients. It can create a better therapeutic bond in my opinion. But um, not to get too deep into the weeds on this, instead of breaking up scar tissues, lengthening things, putting joints back into place, all we're, all we're really doing at a, a broad overview level is kind of altering how your body interprets pain, right? We're giving an input to the central nervous system, so your brain and spinal cord. We've kind of already talked about this, but we're giving an, a novel input to the several central nervous system, so something that it hasn't experienced before or a different sensation that it's used to, and we're trying to kind of interrupt that pain stream basically that is being sent out from your brain. Okay, that's all that's all it is. It's if you if you need to think about it like yeah, you're you're I don't know, breaking up my my scar tissue, you're getting out some some adhesions you're really cranking on that joint and uh, putting it back into place if you need to think about it that way to get the benefits of it then be my guest but that's not really what's happening anymore um, things like the the IT band right so the 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 fascia that runs down the outside portion of your thigh it connects kind of your hip to your um, to almost your knee right and it takes oh I don't remember 2,000 plus pounds of forces to deform that tissue about 1% right um, so to think that we could stretch out that IT band with our hands is um, foolish I think so the only the only real things that can break up scar tissue or adhesions are uh, scalpels, <laughs> right? So going into surgery and actually getting that cut out. Um, but just because we're not doing that doesn't mean we can't help with your pain. That's not what I'm saying, absolutely. Um, I think manual therapy is a great tool to have and it can be very, very useful for people, especially when you have a really high pain flare up and you might not tolerate exercise, which is ultimately where all roads lead to, but it might be very beneficial to start with a lot more of the hands-on type of care in the beginning. Okay, so we're not really changing um, any joint positions unless you have like a systemic soft tissue disorder. If you don't even know what that means, then you probably don't have one, right? So like Ehlers-Danlos, rheumatoid arthritis, Down syndrome, things like that, where there's true ligament joint laxity in your body that's uh, systemic it's in all your joints the super flexible mobile bendy people right unless you have something like that we're probably not your your joints are probably not out of place they might feel out of place and that has been perpetuated by you by your family by your providers that say yeah this is out of place I need to put it back in for you that's really not not what is happening with manual therapy um, it can feel out of place for a variety of reasons and 
it feels better probably for the same reasons that I just talked about. It's just a little reset for your central nervous system, kind of a novel stimulus. We're pulling on that joint really quickly for just a brief second and it kind of gives that input to your brain, but we're not fundamentally changing the structure of your body, right? <clears throat> Especially in your spine. Your spine's incredibly resilient and there's lots of layers of tissue before we even get down to the vertebrae. So to think that we could change that <clears throat> and detect that it's tilted one way and by pressing on your spine in a certain direction that we can actually fix that, it's just, it's crazy, I think. So, um, and to add on to that, like if your spine was so pliable, so uh, susceptible to, you know, movement or pressure from external forces like hands, then football players would be like dead, right? They would be destroyed. Like they're getting hit with so much more force than I can do um, with my hands pushing down on your back. And so if we were actually moving bones around, then their spines would be effed up. They would have tons of spinal cord injuries. Not that they, there aren't some legitimate spinal cord injuries in the, in the NFL and collegiate football and football of all levels, I guess. But yeah, to think that we could just manipulate those vertebrae in a special way that only the special practitioner with the special technique can do is not really doing, um, what it says it does and that doesn't promote the resiliency and the uh, robustness of your spine the strong human belief that i want to leave you guys with right so um yeah that was that was a little long-winded maybe but um no it's it's not doing any of those things that we traditionally thought and and that was fine to think about when we first started doing them but it's not Manual therapy is not really doing any of those uh, original thought processes more at the, the biological level or the anatomical level. It's all, it's all basically at the nervous system level. So it does, it does give some improvement in joint mobility, strength, pain levels. Um, that, that is legit, but it is temporary. Um, it's not doing anything medically related, but um, that kind of leads us into our second point that these effects are short-lived, they're temporary, they're transient, and they're not going to last forever, right? feels really good when you get your back cracked and then, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes after you leave the Kairos office or the PT office, then you're probably back to about where we started, right? With manual therapy, Specifically, there's usually a, I don't know, 20 to 60 minute window that we have to kind of capitalize on those improvements in pain, those improvements in range of motion, in strength, to actually do something with that little increase that we have, right? With that little time window, we have we need to do something that's going to promote more of a, a long lasting effect, right? So what is that? Well, that's my bias is strengthening. Um, you could argue stretching though. I think any form of like exercise where you're actually doing something to the tissues, you're strengthening them, you are actually lengthening them, which is, you would probably need to be stretching for a long time, but um, 
you have to do that on top of the manual therapy, on top of the hands-on work to actually get long-term benefit, right? This is why the traditional chiropractic model is such a good business model, right? Not good for consumers or not um, ethical, really, in my opinion. But this is why it's good for business because, yeah, you feel great um, when it when you get it done, but short-lived, right? So you have to come back to get that uh, that little dopamine hit again, that little reset. And um, yeah, it kind of just compounds on top of the fact that chiropractors will say like, well, you need to get this vertebrae put back in place. We need to reverse this curve in your spine. That's completely normal, by the way. Um, sorry, I'm not trying to like rag on chiropractors, but it, uh, I mean, PT certainly perpetuate this message to a degree as well. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go on the record and, and say it. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the traditional chiropractic model. If you're cracking backs and necks and whatever, elbows, shoulders, hips, ankles, and you're doing exercise on top of that and you talk about it in a patient-friendly way where you're not uh, fear-mongering and making them believe that they have to come and see you three times a week for the rest of their life in order to be pain-free. If you talk about it and frame it like that and you're a chiropractor, I have no beef with you. I would send patients to you probably. So uh, don't, don't think that I hate all chiropractors, just the bad ones. Same goes for PTs, doctors. Uh, nurses, whoever. Okay. So effects are temporary and short-lived. You don't need to be going. I mean, if you like, if you like it, then by all means go as much as you want. Go every day. I, I don't, I'm not aware. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, but I'm not aware of any literature saying that getting your back cracked every day is harmful to your long-term health, right? If we go back to the um, go back to our first point and really believe that we're not doing anything structurally, right? It's just kind of a nervous system reset that I don't see why that would be detrimental other than maybe you get some decreasing, decreased effect, effectiveness from it long-term. Um, that's just my hypothesis though. I don't, I don't know. Um, I can't say for sure on that, but yeah. So don't, uh, don't feel like you have to go back to your chiropractor or have to go back to your massage therapist to get those trigger points rolled out and um, get your, I don't know, your back smashed with a, a roller or you don't, don't feel like you have to do any of that. If it feels good and you enjoy doing it, you have the financial means to do it, then by all means be my guest. But, um, the effects are temporary and unless you are following them up with some loaded movement preferably then they're probably not going to stay long term okay and the last thing i want to mention is that expectations and beliefs play kind of a big role in all of this in how you in your brain and your central nervous system how that gets interpreted and how your body perceives it as beneficial or threatening right so cool study looking at people with neck pain all the researchers did was just ask them a question uh, that question was what do you think is going to help your neck pain and so something like 80 percent of the re respondents 
or of the participants said exercise. So um, strengthening, stretching, things like that. A little lower number, but still above half said uh, spinal manipulation would help getting their neck cracked. They thought that would help their neck pain. Okay, then um, somewhere in the middle, you've got things like uh, massage and probably some other things I can't remember off the top of my head. But there was like a list of 10 things and they had to rank them. Um, and then way at the bottom, 9 and 10 were medications and surgery, right? So people don't inherently want medications and surgery. Um, they might just not know how I'll advocate for PTs, how PTs can help them specifically, right? But if they are expecting that strengthening and spinal manipulation or massage or whatever your um, hands-on form of therapy is, if they're expecting that to help and you don't deliver on that, if you don't offer that for them, then I think we're really missing the point. Even though, yeah, I think strengthening exercise, loaded movement, that's the best thing for it long-term. If you are not giving that to your patient, um, then I think, yeah, we miss, we miss the boat a little bit on that. So if they're, um, on the on the other end of the spectrum if they are thinking that uh, I had my neck cracked once or I really don't like massage I don't like that type of stuff and you are gung-ho on getting in there and digging out some of those trigger points and um, trying to improve their joint mobility then they probably won't respond to you as well right they're expecting that experience to be uh, threatening to their nervous system. They're expecting that experience to be harmful, not uh, relaxing and pain relieving. And so why do it in that case? That would be my question. I don't know. Um, so expectations play a big role in that and what you think is going to be helpful. It probably is going to be helpful. There's, there's some cool studies looking at just uh, a pain, a pain threshold rating of like an unknown stimulus, right? So uh, I watched one that they they told people they were trying to test out this new, I don't know if it was like an infrared device, something that was basically kind of like a laser pointing um, right at your arm and injecting like heat or uh, thermal energy, something into <laughs> your body, right? And so they, they had the participants like strapped down to a chair next to this giant honky machinery making a lot of noise and they said we're going to start at level one and uh, we're going to go up to level five see if you can handle all the all the all the way up there and so the participants sat down and got strapped in they pointed the laser and started the machine up and it makes a ton of noise it shines a light right at their arm and the, the researchers are talking to them are like, okay, we're going to start slowly ramping it up. Let me know how your pain levels are talking to them, blah, blah, blah. Um, some of them don't even make it past the first level. Some of them make it, I don't know, probably much farther, but the, uh, the interesting part was that nothing was actually happening on the machine, right? It was just a giant placebo machine. Basically it was just a, I don't know, probably a laser pointer that um, was connected to this big machine that made lots of scary thumping noises and fan noises. And there was no like heat, there was no stimulus actually being given to the person, but 
to them, their experience was very real. Like they were actually experiencing pain. Um, they were experiencing like numbness, tingling in the moment. So it kind of begs the question, right, as to how powerful our expectations about something can be. And just to kind of wrap that up at the end is that, yes, our expectations have a huge role in what we are hopefully going to receive from the therapist and how we interpret that response um, as the patient. So just to finish up, recap the points. No, we're not breaking up scar tissues, adhesions, putting things back in place, but that doesn't mean manual therapy is not helpful. I believe it certainly is. Uh, effects are short and temporary. You don't need to go in three times a week for the rest of your life to see a chiropractor. Um, but we ideally should be capitalizing on those gains in pain level, those gains in range of motion, strength. We need to be doing some loaded exercises afterwards to get more of a lasting effect from the manual therapy. Okay. And then the last one, expectations and beliefs play a big part in all this. If you think getting your back cracked is going to help, then we're probably going to be doing that. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys thought that was interesting. Let me know which of these points you didn't, didn't know, didn't understand, um, anything I can clarify better. If you've got further questions on this, please reach out to me. I would be happy to discuss this a little more because this is something that I think is probably out there and I want to start changing the language that gets thrown around in healthcare, in rehab, and in fitness and, and wellness cultures. So hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening and I will see you in our next episode. Hey, everybody. I just want to say thank you for listening to the Seeking Wellness Podcast. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss out on any of these great episodes. If you haven't left me a review yet, that would mean the world to me so I can implement any of your feedback that you have for me. And if you feel compelled to do so, share this out with more people because my goal is to connect with and help as many people as possible in our community. And finally, if you have any ideas for future episodes or suggestions on guests I should interview, please shoot me a message because I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, and until next time.